0: Love, hope, radio. Good morning, everyone. You can still hear my voice is nuts, but I tell you what, it is great. I just got my agenda in for this weekend. You talk about a rocking agenda at the Plexus Worldwide Convention. Be all you can be opportunity. It's going to be a great weekend. They have a packed house. I tell you this, for a little company, they put on the Ritz for their people, and that's what it's all about. When you get in business for yourself, especially in network marketing, one of the pleasures is to be recognized for your daggum hard work. And I just, I'm glad, excuse me, when I see any company recognizing their leaders that way. It's what it's all about. It's the way it should be, and it's excellent. Quitters, closing the gap between your day job and your dream job. John Acuff, Put this together. He's now with the the uh, Dave Ramsey group of companies, Lampill Press, uh, which is one of David's companies. Published this, and I got to tell you a little backstory to this. The reason that John is with David is because David has been on a quest to find the message bearers of the future, the new message, the creative messages, the the actual. Stuff that's going to carry us through the 21st century. You know, we're we're through the first decade. We've got nine more decades to go, I guess. Ten decades equal, a, equal a, uh, a generation. Some of these kids that Dave has surrounded him will long pass my age unless the good Lord just decides to let me rock it out for a while. And I learned so much from this new generation, these millennials that are coming up, And I'm proud of that. I'm proud to be able to say I'm still learning, I'm still growing in every aspect of my life. I'm going to be cutting some new shows today for the Beachside CEO over at Home Business Radio Network. And it excites me to know that I'm taking stuff that I learn and I'm passing it on because it's what it's about. Today we're in Chapter 7, Learn to be Successful at Success. You know, you don't you hardly hear about anybody that fails before they get successful. Oh man, he was on his way to the top, but he failed before he got there. But yet let me ask you something. How many successful people in all aspects of life business, sports, religion, just in your personal life, have you seen, have you sat there and said, Man, they've got it all just to see that there was a A crack in the character, and they lost it. It's tough when you think of that. John shares a story. I'm not going to read it, but he talks about Robert Downey Jr. And it's funny because Robert Downey Jr. could have been an example that he used. Here's a kid that was on his way to the top more than once and self-sabotaged his success. Ended up in rehab, ended up in jail, ended up in rehab, drugs, alcohol, sabotaging his own success. Child actor, kicking it up, his family had been in the acting business. And then somewhere along the line, he got it. And he got his act together. You know that Robert Downey Jr. today is in an elite class of Hollywood actors that go down in history as being able to have more than one franchise that they have acted in. The Iron Man series, they're now they're now uh what do you call it, shooting Iron Man three. He just finished up the Avengers. Sherlock Holmes, they've already done number two. They're working on number three. Two gigantic, successful franchises. How many other actors can you think that have been able to do that kind of success? Sylvester Stallone, some people even laugh at his acting. But he had the Rambo series and he had Rocky. But when you look at the success that people have, usually... They're not able even to do that, let alone make it after sabotaging it for so long. What is it? Why is it that we sabotage our own success? Why is it that we're not successful sometimes? I think it's because we don't define what success is. I know this was my problem for years, and John kind of taps on this. He writes in here, he says, it sounds ironic, but most dreamers fail in success than they do in failure. Success is like the Bermuda Triangle of dreams. There's two primary reasons for the failure. The first is that we tend to only view success as a good thing. We plan millions of ways not to fail. We erect processes against failure, and we establish backup plans if things go wrong. But we don't spend nearly as much time if any at all, safeguarding ourselves from success. We strive for success. We reach for success. We yearn for success. We aim for it with everything we've got. And when we get a taste of it, we often woefully unprepared for the challenges that come. Think about that. We make it to the top, and then what? I remember a snot-nosed kid, me, I get home from the Marine Corps. I've learned that bounty hunting is a a very successful career. I'm under the age of 21. I can't become a bail bond owner, let alone an agency. You know, I can't do any of that until I'm 21. I can go shoot them, but I can't can't get them out of jail. I turn 21, and I have this dream of being financially independent, a net worth of over a million dollars by the time I'm 25. So I start... And putting it together, I accumulate the assets on paper. That's easy to do. It's not hard to do at all. I accumulate on assets over one million dollars. With some seed money from my dad, I launch a bail bond agency. We we quickly become the general agent for the world's largest underwriter of surety bonds. And at age 25, I had no plan past 25. At age 25, I'm financially independent. We have a great business. And it implodes on itself because of my ego. Because I had no plan. Successful? Yes. A failure? Absolutely. It's interesting. As I look at what John writes, it's like, man... And at the time, it sucked. It hurt. I went from from being successful to not even being in the industry that I'd I'd kind of fallen in love with. I was doing good, but I wasn't doing great. The ego got in the way. And as, as John writes here, I think back and I thought, wow, man, this was me. He said, the other reason success is so dangerous is that we get arrogant Man, my middle name was arrogant, I think. No one gets cocky when they fail. No one ever says, hey, that guy failed so badly that he got really full of himself and ended up alienating everyone in his life. See, arrogance only runs with success, and it's dangerous. I about lost my marriage. Lost my kids. It was a mess. Arrogance was true. Malcolm Gladwell... Author of *The Tipping Point*, another catalyst speaker, he he says this: Incompetence irritates me, but overconfidence scares me. Incompetent people rarely have the opportunities to make mistakes that greatly affect things, but overconfident leaders and overconfident leaders and experts have the dangerous ability to create disaster. See, when I was young. I thought everything belonged to me. I never thought of the lives that I affected with my decisions. I knew I was powerful based on the fact that I had controlled all these people that we got out of jail. But yet I was weak, and my character was flawed. It's funny when you look back and you see your own mistakes. And I make them every day, still... The difference is I know now that I'm never going to be an expert at anything, and I constantly have to learn from other people. John mentions in his book that when he started writing and people started coming up to him and praising him, how he started to get that that arrogance, that, that air of superiority type deal. And I'm, and I'm paraphrasing what he wrote, but it's interesting. He writes like this. He says, when you're dreaming alone in a cubicle at work, you have very little ability to impact things. But when you start working on your dream, overcoming risk and hustling, you start to gather some momentum. You may not run a company with 10,000 people, but as a mom or a dad, your dream decisions will greatly impact the lives of your children. I can attest to that, pro and con. As a single adult, your actions can surprisingly impact your friends and family. If your dream involves giving back to your community or another country, you'll affect that too. And with the internet and social media, your ability to create disaster is amplified. Man, that's that's so true. See, I've learned as I've made this second round in life and have become influential in the home business arena. Something that I have learned is it no longer about ego with me. Oh, don't get me wrong. There, you, you, everybody that's successful has a little bit of ego and a little bit of confidence, and, and you love it when you're on stage and, and people are clapping for you. So don't, do not get me wrong there. But every time now when I get these kudos and people saying, oh, you're the greatest, I have a beautiful family at home that let me know that I'm just a husband and a daddy. I'm no different than the next John that puts on his pants. I've been blessed. I have some gifts from God and I've got a talent. But it doesn't make me any better than anybody else that's asking for a picture or thanking me in public. As I was flying back on the plane from Zeke Rewards this week, I realized I probably have more responsibility now than I ever have in my life. But if God had given me this platform when I was in my twenties, I'd have hurt a lot of people because I wouldn't have been able to sit there and give guidance. Instead, I'd have been trying to feed my own ego by keeping people pumping me up. Now we do some some great radio shows. We do them because there's authors out there that have written books that you need to hear. I travel the country speaking because I want people to understand that companies are not the end result; it's just the means. That you can't fall in love with a company; you got to fall in love with people. Companies will come and go, but relationships should last forever. So we keep pushing this and pushing it. And you know, I was reading this chapter on how to be successful at success. I thought, wow. And it all narrowed down to just one little little section in here that John talks about. He says, define your enough. See, so many times we define success based on monetary things, based on some end result, based on never enough. You know, you've heard that, you know, the boy with the most toys wins. I was like that. All of a sudden you start to realize you got to define what it is. <clears throat> One of my other mentors and friends, John went and talked to when this happened because he started feeling this way. He went and saw Lanny Donahoe. Lanny's the founder of Big Stuff Camps. He's a comedian. He's a, found, a co-founder of Catalyst. He's, a, he's just a phenomenal guy. And as him and John sat in a room, John said, Lanny, uh, I'm worried about what's happening with the success uh, that I've been experiencing. And and he goes, I'm just worried that I'll change. And Lanny took time to tell him a story. He said, John, people – John, have you ever used futureme.org? And John said, no. He said, it's a site where you send yourself emails in the future. You can write an email today and post it so that it comes to you in a week, a month, or a year, whenever – He goes, I did that a year ago. I was working on a project that was killing me. The money was great, the opportunity was huge, but it was literally killing me. I was ill and stressed out and so unhappy. He goes, in a moment a year ago, fortunately I had clarity to send myself a message in the future. He goes, a few weeks ago I found myself on the doorsteps of another big opportunity. The money was great, the project was huge, and I was about to take it when a message from Lanny Donahoe came to Lanny Donahoe. Know what it said? It said, don't take projects like this ever again. You're in pain right now getting crushed by the project. If you ever have a chance to take this type of a project again, be careful, say no, please. Lanny said, I'd forgotten all about that situation. I'd moved on and was about to jump back into the same type. Of situation, but I didn't, because the me from a year ago sent me a message to me in today. Maybe you guys should go use futureme.org. dot org. See, so many times when we're feeling the pain, it's no big deal. But then when we jump out of the pain, when the when the when the situation has passed, we seem because our mind doesn't. Just doesn't see that fantasy from reality type deal, we kind of make light of things. oh, it wasn't as bad. the money's good, I need the money, I need this, I need that. But if we define enough all of a sudden, we get it. I've done that in the last year as I go into my twenty fifth anniversary. I think how much is enough? I live in the second most traveled to destination in Florida. Millions of people save all year long to come here for two weeks. I live here year round. How much is enough? I have six wonderful kids. I have three granddaughters living with me. I've got two grandsons with my my son, Dalton. I just find out I've got a new grandson or granddaughter somewhere in Texas. How much better could it be? I'm married to my childhood, well, my my high school sweetheart. A girl that at 16 years old, I watched Sachet in front of me and just fell in love. And I have got to grow with this woman. I have been with this woman half of my life more than any other woman that I have known, including my mother. So when I look at this, I think, how good is it? How much is enough? But yet I see people all the time pushing and pushing and pushing the envelope, wanting more, more, more and more, and wondering why all hell breaks loose and things start to unravel. They don't get it. Well, I'm getting it. See, that's the kicker. That's the key. See, when we start looking at how much is enough, we start to ask a question. Can we ever reach it? See, if we're looking at the monetary things, we'll never reach it. John says this, you only find enough when you tell enough where to be found. See, how much is enough? Even Bill Gates and Warren Buffett And many other rich friends of theirs have decided enough is enough, and we're giving the rest of this to charity. The most successful people in the world have one thing in common. They give more than they receive. See, the art of winning is complicated when you look at it from statistics. Because all of a sudden it's about money. It's about the numbers. We learned that from... From Joe Mamby's book, you know, it it truly is about bottom line in a business, but when you're striving for success, how much is enough? That's a question only you can answer, and you've got to do that by defining success. See, to me, success is when those closest to me look at me and say, we are so proud of you and we love you. Thank you for being our lover, being our dad, being our best friend, whatever. That's the key. Excuse me, folks. But there's also something else that we've got to look at, and that's that fine line between hustle and burnout. We talked about this yesterday. Hustle is how we get there. Burnout is how we fail at success. This concept of burning the candle at both ends is about as stupid as a day is long. I mean, there's just no political, polite way to say that. It's just you're double, triple, deck of dumb if you're trying to burn candles at both ends. I got a call from a client last night, stressed out to the max, sharing with me about a situation that they were were going through. And I said, here's what I want you to do. Just relax. So much of what you just shared is totally out of your control. There's nothing that you can do about it. Stressing over it will not change it. Get some rest. Let me send three emails and a couple of text messages, and I'll call you in the morning. And I think we've already found a solution. So you can't burn yourself out over the stress. John writes this. As if the best sign of real success is burning out. Burning out is a badge of honor. Exhaustion is the mark of excellence. That's, that's what our culture sees. He goes on, he says, no one sets out to kill their dream through exhaustion, but it often happens because dreams are ravenous and they just fail. They will take all the time you give them. They will swallow relationships and other priorities and everything in their radius if you allow them to burn both ends of your candle. That's not a dream. It's a freaking nightmare. So you got to be honest with yourself. You now I look at my life. I burned my candle at both ends when I ran pro-step. I almost lost my marriage again. My kids didn't really know who I was. And for what? See, when you start thinking this through and you start looking at it and analyzing it, you start realizing. It's not about burning out. It's about hustle, but it's about relationships. You should be looking at how many relationships you can build. I do everything that I do based on a relationship. What kind of relationship can I build? Long-distance relationships, close relationships. How can I serve and help others but never neglect my family? And I've done that so many times in the past. Sometimes I'll put relationships in the wrong place. Now I try to, to do traveling and I try to take my my family with me. A couple times I haven't been able to, but I really I really focus on this because I want to build lifelong experiences that they won't forget. When we don't do that, you want to know what happens? We end up in the land of later. Hey, kids, I love you. I'm going to work with you, but we're going to have to do it later. Hey, honey, I want to be your best friend and your lover, but can we do it later? Hey, mom and dad, I love you, but i got to, I got to get back later. Now, don't get me wrong, we do this all the time, but when we do it too much, it becomes like the song, Cats in the Cradle with a Silver Spoon. See, we can't do that. As moms and dads, husbands and wives, maybe even as sons and daughters, we all want to provide. We want to give everything that we have to make sure our family has everything they need and that's a great desire I would never criticize, but it gets com- compromised when we make a mistake of believing things are going to change later. When you look at the song, Casting the Cradle with a Silver Spoon, it talks about a dad always saying, I'll be home soon. His son saying, Dad, when you coming home? Saying, I don't know when, son, but we'll get together then. As the song goes on, all of a sudden the dad's at home calling his son. Son, when are we going to get together? I don't know, dad, but we'll get together soon. We wonder how we create self-fulfilling prophecies. We wonder why marriages don't last. It's because we don't prioritize and put the time in. John shares a story. He said... I've seen a lot of 60 Minutes episodes where they talk about different people. But in this case, it was Bill Parcells. And it's interesting because you just look at how he's a maniac and how amazing he is at what he does. And as they started to talk to his wife, she always smiles and says, We just know that we don't have Bill from September 1st to February 15th during football season. And that, you know, you make a deal with yourself, and you say, that's okay, and I love him. But here's what happens. At the end of the episode, Maury Saper says, and they're divorced now. See, so many times, it's about later. So many times in success, we put stuff off. I see this in network marketing. Matter of fact, I've been doing a study the last couple of years on the successful females in network marketing. Do you know over half of them are divorced? making anywhere from, from 10 to to $100 million a month. And they're on their second or third marriages. Interesting, isn't it? Usually we think of men who put their career above families. But so many times it happens and we don't even see it. We don't realize it. John shares a story about a CPA who... Realized what he was doing. He was working 50, 55 hours a week and said no more. Started going in at 7 and getting off at 4 p.m. and came around for his bonus. And as they were sitting there and his boss was talking, he said, you know, your your bonus check is is going to be $2,000 less because although we're very happy with your performance, uh, because you spent less hours in the office and everybody else was sen- spending 50 plus, you you just don't get as much. Now, For Dwayne, someone who had dreamed to be an accountant, $2,000 felt like an expensive penalty he paid. And he'd just worked harder on his dream. He could have had that $2,000 of more success. But here's what happened. When John sat down with Dwayne, he said, well, let's see. If you'd have made a $2,000 bonus after taxes, that would have been about $1,500. And if you'd have worked 10 hours a week more for an entire year... To receive that money, that would equate out to about five hundred extra hours and If you divide five hundred into fifteen hundred, that's about three dollars an hour. Whoa, so I work extra, and I'm only getting paid three dollars an hour. You know what he realized he realized real quickly that the company allowed him to spend thirty bucks for an extra ten hours a week. He invested in his family. And I guarantee you the dividends are so much higher than $2,000 bonus. I wish I'd have had this book when I was working at ProStep. I thought it was great to get quarterly bonuses in the $25,000 range. Every year, every quarter, my bonus went up. But was it worth it? See, I really am good at what I do. But I don't care about being good at what I do if I can't be the greatest husband and father. And no matter where you're at, whether you're married or single, your focus needs to be on the relationships. And don't let anything ever come between you and the relationships. Because if you do, you will fail at success. Even Sir Richard Branson makes sure that he takes two weeks a year Goes to his island where there's no cell phones, nobody else can bother him, and he invests that time. Now, he invests other time with his family, but that's two weeks. It's just him and his family. Figure it out, because that's what I'm working on right now. Tomorrow, Chapter 8, Quit Your Day Job. It's what we've all been waiting to hear about. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about it. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Pick us up over on the Home Business Radio Network. Daily, 24-7, you can hear the network over there, great music. And remember this, continue to live dangerous and live strong and go for your dreams. I'll see you next time.